Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hello, this is Mark Ritter, your host of Credit Union Conversations and the CEO of MBFS. We are a business lending QSO owned by 13 credit unions, working with over 100 credit unions across the country. If you're not part of our credit union network, we'd love to talk with you about how we help credit unions and what we do to help credit unions succeed for serving their business members today. So as I talk to you, it is freezing at my house. And many of you know, I talked a little bit about it last year. I moved to the mountains of north central Pennsylvania, and it's supposed to be freezing at my house. But my guest today, it's also freezing at his house, and it's not supposed to be. So joining me today is Craig Page, who's the chief revenue officer of MBFS. Craig, tell people how you're doing, where you're located at, and the current temperature at your house. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to join you, Mark. I am joining you from just outside Nashville, Tennessee in Murfreesboro. Looking at my thermometer, it's up to 16 degrees. It was six degrees this morning when I first got up. So we have lots and lots of snow for Middle Tennessee, probably three or four inches accumulated. And we have 200 snow plows in the entire state. So pretty much we're all camped out at home today. Yeah, that is quite the devastating blizzard for Middle Tennessee as I lived there many, many years ago, and I realized probably school will be canceled for a week. Most people are not going anywhere for quite some time till they wait for most of this to melt. So I hope roads get cleared for you and you have plenty of bread, eggs, and milk in your refrigerator. So why don't you tell people a little bit about your background prior to MBFS and what you're up to today? Terrific. I was, I'm a general contractor's brat. I have, was raised in construction, dug ditches and swung hammers and all that good stuff. Kind of came up through construction and development, property management, went to work in the financial services industry for a regional bank about 30 years ago and have have spent all of my time in financial services the last 30 years between banks and credit unions, mostly in the CUSO industry. So we began talking about kind of the old days and what it was like in the old days and way back when, when this industry was much younger and much smaller and much less mature. And I kind of said, hold on, let's, this would make a good show. So today, really what we want to talk about is kind of the the evolution in the old days of the QSO business and where we're at today and some of the expectations for what's expected at your shop and what's realistic at your shop. And maybe some of the ways that people can use third parties and ways they shouldn't use third parties. And we're going to take it from there and see where, where, where things go. So Craig, I remember way back when I started at a credit union and there were QSOs in the country at the time, but they were all very young. And, and kind of what you could do is hire a QSO, say, yeah, nobody here knows what they're doing at the credit union, but we hired this QSO over here, flip them the keys and say, run our business lending department. We're good. 
you were on the other side of that at the time in the QSL business. Talk to it about kind of that 20, 20 plus years ago, the QSL, what the QSL world was like from your side being in the QSL world. Well, as you said, Mark, it was kind of, we're going to just hand you the keys to the Maserati and you're going to drive it. And we're going to hope you don't wreck it. There was not a lot of oversight. There was not a tremendous amount of expertise within the credit unions. And there weren't a lot of options as far as QSOs that specialized in the various aspects we are looking for today to have inside our QSO in order to provide to the credit unions. So we now have experts in many different areas that can speak specifically to originations and credit closing of the loans portfolio management, SBA loans, loan workouts, those kinds of things. It's been necessary for us to evolve with the industry and make sure that we can provide our credit union partners with the expertise necessary for the specific portion of their credit union that needs the assistance. Yeah. And it's and it's interesting because when I started in the credit union space, it was the, the vision was we credit unions were going to be small business business lenders. Everybody always said, if you if you have the local auto body shop or the plumber and he needs a truck, that's what you're going to do. Well, the world and the industry has evolved and become significantly more complex. We deal with loans of that are complex and portfolios that I never imagined when I first got into this space. And it's really became, and I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but it's evolved to the point of if you're a relatively small shop, it is extremely difficult, extremely difficult to be an expert in everything. And you've probably seen this to where I've seen credit unions say, yes, I'm going to hire an expert in business lending, but they're they're uh, good at sales or they're a credit analyst. Talk about maybe where you've seen that, where somebody hires the one-man band and kind of where it goes from there. Nowhere good, usually. One-man bands are, are good when you're a generalist and when you're not facing a lot of the challenges that we are, especially in this current economy. You need expertise. And what a QSO can and what MBFS brings to the table is we have expertise in many different areas because we have that staff. We have 52 people on paper role that have the expertise from SBA, risk management, workouts, as well as originations and sales. So we're able to work with our credit unions just within the spectrum that, that they need help. And if they need help across the entire board, then we have staff to do that. But one-man bands are not really good unless you're, you've got a fairly vanilla portfolio and fairly vanilla issues. Yeah, it's really an issue of where, what I call kind of that catch-22 of business language at a credit union. I was recently at a credit union and it's a very, very good credit union, but everybody was busy. Everybody's working hard, but because they don't have a full breadth of expertise, they could only offer a very, very small product line and they'll do a real estate investment loan, a rental property, and that's it because everybody's busy and they can't build the capacity to help the community and help the bigger pie of businesses in the area and bring to them because if they expand the staff, everybody gets grief over the budget. We are expanding the staff and they can be very 
very good, the small staff, they're good at a very narrow piece of this business, but they can't really provide much depth. Right. To your point, Mark, if let's talk about relationship managers and, and bringing new types of production or new loan production on board, it's difficult to establish those relationships. And currently, there's far more demand for loans currently than there is liquidity within the credit union industry. And so what we find is that business development officers or relationship managers are getting inundated with requests. Part of the advantage of having a CUSO with a broad spectrum of services is our relationship managers have spent years developing the relationships with brokers and with borrowers, high net worth people who come back to the credit union because they like dealing with us. It's hard to build those relationships and you don't know what the credit quality is going to be of those particular loan opportunities before you get into them. But if you have a broker that you've worked with or a borrower that you've worked with time and time again, you have the advantage of knowing that they're going to bring you a quality loan that they have the financial wherewithal to back up the requests that they're making. If it's an SBA loan, you know that they understand the intricacies of it, paperwork that's involved. You save yourself a lot of time and a lot of grief. Yeah, it really is a, I. it's most eye-opening to me what you're talking about when there's a new lender brought in or in what do all the new lenders do? Here's my old clients, I'm going to bring them to you. Well, sometimes they're not a fit for the credit union and you really don't know this until that lender's gone and you have a whole bunch of headaches on your hand. We saw it last year with one of our credit unions. A lender was in and out in six months. And what we really found out is in six months, people can cause a lot of damage because they can bring a lot of deals to you and you want to work with this new employee. And then when they're gone, you say, uh-oh. So yeah, it's it's really that catch-22, like I said. And it used to be when I first started out, I, I worked at a big credit union. And I said, eh, we're big enough. I don't need a QSO. And my flaw was... I just can't build that. I can, if I'm at a large credit union, I can do some things very well, but I can't build staff to do everything that I need to do very well. Sometimes when I'm talking to a large credit union, I say, maximize your internal staff and use us for those overflow or those niche products that we can help out with that you, it doesn't make sense to build internally. Right. To your point, Mark, the more reps that you have, have, whether it's originating a new loan, servicing a loan, doing a loan workout, a modification, it, it doesn't matter. But the more reps you have and the more times you repeat that process, the better you become. And the advantage that we have when you bring in a QSO who is well-established, you're bringing those people in. You're not bringing people who are new, who have all good intentions. But until you go through it enough times to understand what the, the potential hiccups are. To your point with the the staff member that was there six months, you got to be careful that you're not bringing someone on who's so green that they don't see the warning signs before they become a problem. Yeah, I, I see it as in the regulatory world, we, we always hear about, you know, third party due diligence, third party oversight, and I'm in full agreement with that. But I really think sometimes credit unions, it's particularly maybe some larger credit
credit unions, they don't quite understand the best ways and the and the best ways to utilize a third party such as a QSO. And one of the better and probably often overlooked uses of a QSO or in a third party is really help building those strategies, building products, building a strategy that makes sense because a consultant should be just that. What drives me nuts is the consultant and, and we've all seen them and their answer is you need more consulting from me on a regular basis. Well, no, I, w- I want my consultants to be in and out like grandparents, you know? So, so really just building those products and sales and, and getting you on the right track because we've both seen it where that's early on in a program or building what you're going to look like in those goals annually can really take people off track and get you down a path. And you're maybe making loans, but you're not making the best loans and building the best program you could. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Agree with you completely. What you want to do is make sure that you're bringing in the right person to ask the right questions of. And one of the things I love about the credit union industry is how collaborative it is. And certainly you can call the credit union down the street, which you can't do in banking, but in the credit union world, you can. You can reach out to your collaborators and contributors, and they can help you with, how do I do that? But the advantage of having a CUSO or a consultant come in is they've done this enough times that they've got the reps, as I said before, that they can help you get there better, quicker, faster, help you to put together those goals and objectives, as you said, Mark, that are going to lead the credit union in the direction it wants to go and not really following just the come what may pattern that oftentimes happens. Yeah. And somebody like yourself, you don't have to name names, but tell people a little bit about your background in terms of building those complex loan transactions, but also working them out a little bit. Because that's, I always considered you want to, before you even came here, one of the leaders in the country as far as getting people in, but getting, helping them through the process when things don't go bad. So tell people kind of how you worked with credit unions in the past on, I'll call it troubled times. Absolutely. Well, I was hired into the QSO industry in 2009. That might be a pivotal year in everyone's mind, was in mine. And what we needed to do was the QSO that I joined had a very large commercial real estate portfolio. And we had loans nationwide, 42 states. And there were a lot of opportunities, as I will call them to take loans that were underperforming or non-performing and work through how do we fix this problem for the long term and make sure that our credit unions don't lose money or if they do minimize that to the, to the greatest extent possible. And it's kind of like everything else, Mark. You, you have to really listen to what's going on. The one thing you have to do is reach out to the borrower and get a hold of them, get them to the table. And once you do that, listening and understanding what they're going through and not just hammering on them about, I got to have a payment. Obviously, we've got to collect the payments, but helping to understand what what's going on and how do we help contribute to the solution. I worked out several hundred million dollars of loans over the, the last 20 plus years. And it's about making sure that you are fair firm and that you are 
listening more than you're talking and to help the borrower understand that the credit union has a vested interest in seeing this turn out successfully as well. And I think just learning how to communicate with the borrowers in a way that they understand and then translating that for the credit union because obviously they've got the money at at risk. So it's being a, a good communicator both to the credit union that hold the loan as well as to the borrower who's facing a difficult situation. Craig, one of the pieces that I always get concerned about is when the workout process begins. Whoever was originally involved in that loan, they tend to do two things. They tend to have a a rosy picture out of the outlook. And they also tend to look at it, I hate to say a little CYA, but they tend not to look at it for what it is today. They tend to look at it for what it was or what they thought it was when the loan was funded. Tell people a little kind of the what, what you have seen of making a little bit of separation when, when you have some troubled times from the people that were originally there. Absolutely. It's human nature, Mark. I think that as, as a whole, the credit union industry hires and maintains a lot of quality people. So I don't think anyone intended for a loan to go sideways or for there to be a problem ever. But you're right. It's human nature to have kind of a CYA attitude or to at least look at it, as you said, in the most positive light because they liked the borrower or the credit or both when they originally brought the loan in. So what I agree with you, Mark, I think that what's really important is that you have a fresh set of eyes looking at what the situation is today not what it was when you made the loan, however long ago that was, but where, where are we at today? And there's a couple things that you and I have talked in the past, Mark, about this that I think help a lot. Term loan reviews or annual reviews, looking at loans and seeing kind of where they're at now. That's a great indicator if there's something going wrong. We've talked about before in prior podcasts, you look at deferred maintenance. Is there any deferred maintenance on the, on the property if it's commercial real estate or residential? Is there anything that is not being paid in a timely manner, specifically property taxes and insurance, anything like that, that that could be an early indicator that the borrower is having trouble before payments start getting missed. And it's totally possible and probable and should be a practice of the credit union or the QSO is supporting them that if you see warning signs like that, you want to reach out, want to just wait until the bomb hits. You want to say, hey, looks like there's some issues here. Let's talk about what's going on and how do we work together to fix them to make sure that this loan doesn't go into default. Well, in our industry, the best part of our industry is sometimes the worst part where we want to help people. We want to work through, we want the best possible outcome. And when somebody loses their job and you have to give them some relief from an auto loan, that's one thing. But when you're working with a multi-million dollar transaction, generally it deteriorates for large amounts. So being firm, being neutral, being proactive, and not just waiting for it to go 90 days delinquency is counterculture to us. But that's where bringing in somebody as a, as a third party to help through the process tends can, can really pay dividends for your credit union. You're absolutely right, Mark. To your point, the credit union industry, as I said, is is about relationships. And you're right. We all want to get along with the borrower. We want to make sure that we're 
being fair and treating them nice. All of that's true. But your point is well taken. If if we're talking about a large commercial real estate, it's it's business. And you have to be, you can be nice, but you have to be firm and you have to make sure that you are being very proactive and taking care to protect the credit union's industry or the credit union's interest in that loan. Um, and if you have a participated loan, you have may have multiple credit unions, all who are depending upon you. So you're, you're right. You have to get in there. You have to be very clear in your communication and you have to be very strong in what you're communicating to the borrower. So we've talked about it a few times, so I don't want to beat it too much. But really, when you use a QSO at your credit union, I think, I know it helps build scale, but also neutrality in your processing. You don't have a loan officer sitting over your loan processor saying, yeah, it's fine. Just get it done. Give me the documents. It'll be some fine. It'll be fine. There's countless horror stories about, uh, I'll say, the bully loan officer who who gets things done. And and I like to think we do a good job at that. And we really always have helped with the transactional side. We've helped with your loan originations. But I also think one of the value that I'd like to have you comment on is when you work with a QSO, kind of help building that network beyond your credit union. If you could just talk a little bit about that and what you've seen over the years from people working with a QSO as opposed to just doing it themselves. Absolutely. It brings a fresh perspective to your point, Mark. When you bring in somebody who is coming in and looking at a credit underwriting or a credit review or a credit memo, they're going to come at it with a fresh perspective that that may be very different than we've always done it this way mentality that is natural. People just kind of tend to go, this is the way we've always done it. Our credit policy has always said this. Well, is that the right credit policy for your credit union still? Has it grown to the point where it needs to be looked at from top to bottom again? That's something that ACUSO can do is help you to analyze, do you have the right tools in place or do the tools need to be reworked so that you are getting the right kinds of responses from the, the metrics that you have in place. Absolutely. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for saying that the way you did. So uh, I want to kind of just wrap up here and say uh, here at MBFS and and particularly the two of us, the last few years, it's been pretty chaotic in terms of loan volumes. And really, I'm seeing a bunch of stability in the marketplace. And I'm looking forward to the two of us getting out and helping credit unions. You know, maybe they just need some interim help to get through some uh, vacancy. Maybe they need help building some policies and sales strategies. Or unfortunately, I think what we're going to see a lot of is the two of us helping work out loans at, at credit unions. So so I really am looking forward to that and helping out as many credit unions as we can. Craig, any parting words? Thank you, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity. But yes, one, one thing that I, I would like to impart to the credit unions, don't be embarrassed. If you need some temporary help, please reach out. We would love to help you. We know you didn't mean to, to have a loan go sideways. We know you didn't, your borrower didn't mean it. We're here to help and and we really appreciate it. It's not judgmental. We are going to come in and we're going to do the absolute best that we can for you and help you fill those holes and those vacancies or answer those questions. And we appreciate the opportunity. Mark, thank you for the opportunity to be with you and your guests today. Thank 
Thank you, Craig. So this is Mark Ritter, CEO of MBFS and your host of Credit Union Conversations. Please subscribe to us on your favorite audio network so you can listen to us and it pops right up on your way to work or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So thank you. Have a great day and we hope to talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information. 